And it's time for State of Play, brought to you by Tri-City Sports in the Main Center at 6th and Main, and by Excel Performance Health and Wellness at 8th and State. And here's David Adam. Welcome. My name is David Adam. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the editor here at Muddy River News. And I've coached youth sports teams for more than 40 years. And many of those were under the supervision of the man who I'm meeting with today. Uh, we're going to be talking about what the Quincy Park District offers kids during the summer and throughout the year on today's podcast. Joining me is Mike Bruns, the Director of Program Services for the Park District. Mr. Bruns, it is a pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you, Mr. Adam. It's always a pleasure to come in and see you guys and visit your new studios here and uh, talk sports. I always want to talk sports. Well, let's let everybody kind of know a little bit about your background. I mean, you, you, you grew up in, in Adams County. Yes. Uh, but talk about where you've worked and what you've done here in regard to youth sports as, as an adult. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, basically when you go back in 1981, I walked into the YMCA. I was a freshman at Quincy College, Quincy University, and uh, looking for a summer job and got my first summer job there and worked there for many, many, many years through college and after college. Uh, went to the Park District for a few years, then went back to the YMCA as their sports director in the 90s. And then in the year 1999, I went back to the Park District and been there ever since. So, I mean, if you go my part-time, full-time experience, I guess I've been in this business for 40 years, which is a long, long time. <laughs> Explain what you do for the Park District and, and the different sports offerings that you have for kids. Sure. Uh, uh, I'm the Director of Program Services, so I'm in charge of all the recreational facilities, programs, things like that. And we offer a wide range of sports, especially in the last couple of years. We really added many, many different things. Uh, we have basically youth baseball, softball for kids from age 3 all the way to age 14, uh, from t-ball all the way up with different activities and things. We have a youth soccer program for age three through sixth grade in the spring and the fall. Uh, it's sort of a different type of soccer. It's a six on six. So the kids, we started that so the kids all get to play and touch the ball rather than on a big field. Sometimes some kids will dominate depending on their skill level. And six on six, then more of them get involved in those activities, and we play on a smaller size field. So that's been a very popular program. Uh, we have tennis lessons. We have uh, swim lessons. I mean, I count that as a sport. Uh, many different activities. Uh, we have archery. That's a new sport we've and that's added. Not, I remember when I was at a park board meeting here recently, you talked about the number of people the number that you threw out for people who are participating in your archery program sort of surprised me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have archeries for youth, uh, but we just started that in April, and we've served probably 150, 200 kids already in the archery program. And every time we open a class, it seems to fill. So that seems to be a popular thing where kids get involved in uh, nature programs, uh, Flag football for adults, we're going to try this this fall on Sundays. We have adult soccer. Uh, we have pickleball, which has become huge in town. Uh, we have pickleball lessons that we do. We really don't have any pickleball leagues because it seems like 
Everybody that wants to play plays and has their own groups and their own activities. I mean, you know, during the mornings you'll see a certain group at Barry Ann, you'll see a certain group at Mormon, and now that there's two courts at Johnson, you'll see some people there, and the evening you'll see another group of people. So they, they're pretty much men in the courts and taken care of without us having to run leagues for them and those type things. So uh, that's gone very well with different activities. So, I mean, we just do anything and everything and, and – uh, lots of things. Sand volleyball. That's another one that we started a couple years ago that are popular. And our leagues seem to be popular with the youth because I'm not sure how many youth leagues are out there. So we have youth leagues for like 10 to 14, and then we have a high school league. And both of those, like we got 16 teams in our 10 to 14 uh, leagues. For, so vo- for sand volleyball? For sand volleyball. No kidding. Yeah, so it's a huge – I think that's the market we went after because there's plenty of adult leagues in town, you know, between the different – different places but we went after the youth so they would have a chance to play and you know even when we're not playing in the evening if you go out there there's always a bunch of high school kids playing out there and it's good I mean at least they're in a good place and safe place doing a good fun activity how do you know when is the right time to add an activity because I was looking at in preparation for this I was looking at all the offerings that are shown on the website mm-hmm. when I was a kid when we were kids the park district was basic. I it was, they offered it was baseball, morning baseball, morning baseball. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of other stuff. I mean, football yeah. was more through the YMCA. Exactly. Um, you had basketball obviously in the winter months, but during the summer months, I remember park district baseball, and you know, the pool. You know, you go yeah. to the pool every. Exactly. You know, on you go to Indian Mounds because wafering didn't exist. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, my gosh, the list of offerings that you have is enormous. How do you know when the right time is to add an archery, add a sand volleyball? Because I want to say 10 years ago, those weren't on your radar. No, exactly. No, none of those type things were. We have really revamped a whole program system probably within the last five years, maybe even three years uh, with different things. And what we do is we evaluate every sport at the end of the season. Uh, the staff does a report that they turn into me, and then we sit down and review all that. And if our numbers are low for maybe two consecutive years in a program, or there, we can see the trend going down, and maybe that program has been around for a while, uh, it's time either to refresh it or move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of what we do. And we always want to give a program at least two years a new program because you never go. And with COVID last year, you know, anything that I tried to start in 19 and 20 we didn't do, you have to consider all that like you're starting all over mm-hmm. again this year and with different things because it's not fair to the program, their people. Uh, but that's sort of how we do it. We look at our numbers, how it's going. Interest in the community. If somebody else is already offering a program and we feel the needs being met, I'm not going to offer it just to offer it because – they're doing it. They're doing a good job. Let them do it. But if I see a need and, and, and something not being met, we are probably going to try to offer something to meet that need uh, for the public to, to enjoy. I'm just going to add on to your already huge work plate already because I I've, I've saw that list of all the different sports you have to coordinate. But are there other sports out there? Or are there other activities that you're going – Maybe we should try this. Is there something that that you've looked at that you thought this need is not yet being serviced in the community? 
And one thing, I don't know how big of a need it is here yet, but it's always interests me because it's big across the rest of the country and it seems like it takes a while for things to get to Quincy is lacrosse. You know, now that QU has some teams and they have a field, you know, and I've never approached them yet to see maybe if when they're not using it or available, maybe a partnership could be made where we could offer some, maybe even some youth classes, fundamentals to introduce kids to the sport, see what interest there is, and then you can always form leagues and things like that. But that has been one thing I've thought about, uh, but I'm just not sure if, you know, how many in this community would be interested in it, but that's one sport I've thought about and different things like that. A sport that was hugely popular when I was a kid and then I think took a little bit of a dive and is now coming back is baseball. Uh-huh. Baseball was – there really weren't that many other sports to play when I was that mm-hmm. age. I think participation waned, the number of leagues has waned, and then all of a sudden this magic thing called – Rubber artificial turf showed up in this community, and it seems like while it's in a different format, the 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 use of your three baseball fields in the Wavering Mormon complex is just gone off the charts. Am I am I right on that? Oh yeah, I mean everybody everybody wants to practice there. Everybody wants to use it, and those and we have games, and whenever we can maneuver games like the last few weeks the weather's been really rough uh but we've you know on turf as long as it's not raining or storming at the time we play yeah. so uh that's been help we know we're moving some t-ball games around to let them play on the turf fields because they're one of the leagues we're just finishing up and i didn't realize you have i did not know until just a few days ago they've built you've built two t-ball uh-huh. leagues at the old wavering pool exactly when did that get done how did i miss that (laughs) we built those at the end of 18 and beginning of 19 2019 was the first year we played there and then of course 20 we didn't have any programs so this is our second year and we have two really nice fields they're 150 foot fence uh all fenced in uh, dirt infields, and there's a playground there and all kinds of other things. So if brother or sister is there with their younger brother, they have something to do. And it's a really nice facility and those type things. And maybe someday we can turf those infields, and then we don't have to worry about rain outs and Turfed things. t-ball games. I'm not sure I ever thought I would yeah, see the I day. Mean, I would think someday that's probably going to happen because I don't think it will be real costly just to do infields on them two fields small. Uh, but those are good. And this year we started like an H3 through 4 T-ball, and I think we had close to 200 kids. I mean, it's just everybody, you know, they want to get their kids active and doing stuff, and well, you it's know, wonderful. You know, you talked about your first job when you were in college was working at the YMCA. My first job when I was in high school was umpiring T-ball games, Quincy Park District, games at 8.30, 10, 1 o'clock, 2.30 in the middle of the afternoon, it's 98 out. We're on those dirt infields teaching T-ball to to five-year-olds, guys who are now, gosh, I want to almost say in their 50s. I had, when they were T-ballers, when they were five years old, uh, and now to hear that we've got two specific fields designed for T-ball, I love it that that's part of the game. It's yeah. also a way for you, like you've talked about, the pool, it wasn't really going to be cost-effective to fix it. It exactly. wasn't being used as much as it once was. So now the park district has repurposed it in a completely different way. Are there other sports that you remember that this used to be popular and then you went, you know what, it's just not there anymore. we got to move on. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, baseball is definitely one of them. Uh, soccer continues to amaze me, but Quincy's a soccer town, you know, so that's probably why. How many kids play in our youth soccer programs and things like that? And they don't go down. They just keep going up every year with that type program. Uh, tennis sort of dis- doesn't grow and doesn't lose. It's sort of just right there, you know, stays right there. We get 100-some kids, you know, in the lesson program, and, and that sort of just stays in that atmosphere in there uh basketball you know we do not have any basketball programs because we don't have facilities but you know from what i hear and see you know i don't think basketball at the y is nothing like it was back when i was there there. exactly i mean there it was eight o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night (laughs) on two courts at the y and shadock and everywhere else i just don't think it's as big as it used to be uh, with those type things uh, there, so you but, know, but facilities are the big thing for youth yes. basketball. It's just yeah. you know, so I you know, I think we once we get the park district, you know, we've got this this wonderful new walking path, and we get. Mm-hmm. I think the next thing for the park district to do is build some like you know Bruns Dome yeah. there on the riverfront and let kids just come play basketball all exactly. the time. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure that would be wonderful. That would but. be great. Uh, first of all, I want to don't forget to take a break and uh, let our listeners know about our sponsors, uh, Tri City. Sports is not just a soccer store. You can find the best selection of your Quincy High School and Quincy Notre Dame fanware to root on your favorite team in the store at 535 Main in the Main Center. Need screen printed apparel for your business, organization, fundraiser, or sports team? Call them for details at 217-224-2489. They still also carry all of your soccer needs. And no matter the age or fitness level, Excel Performance Health and Wellness has a program for you. It offers a youth sports development class, a sports enhancement program, personal training, and online training. They create custom programs that will give you the best results you're looking for. Contact Excel at 217-214-3482. We've talked about a lot of the programs that the Park District offers, but the fact is, is, and you've, you know, you, your son now... What he just like turned twelve, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, but he was involved in in, in, sure. in travel sports and played high school sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know a little. How has travel sports affected the participation in your offerings through the park district? I mean, probably a lot. I mean, different things. But what you have to do is adapt. So what we did, especially in baseball, because travel baseball is everywhere and everybody's doing it, and more kids are probably doing that than other things, is we started offering competitive leagues where you can sign up your team and play. And so during the week they can play here in town now on nice fields, and then the weekends they can go play their tournaments. Uh, That's probably one big change, big change. And then we also have our recreational leagues baseball for kids that maybe aren't at that level or don't want to be part of that. Then they can still play rec ball through the park district, and and they get to play on the turf fields also. So that's one big change with travel ball, you know, even – when my son went through it, he's 28 now. Uh, was he's not 28 years old. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be 29 T- later this year. So uh, T. Bruns. Wow. Yeah. Grow up fast. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, with those areas. But, I mean, that's one thing that's changed probably the most in the last 10 years is travel sports, uh, things like that. And they're doing them year-round. Although I'm a big proponent of kids should play all the sports. 
even in high school, I think they should Preach. play. They should they should play all the sports, and even if you talk to good college coaches, they want their kids playing all the sports. They really don't want them to isolate in high school on one sport. Uh, those and it's good for the kids. I mean, it gives them a little break. Plus, they're using different muscle groups and things in the different sports. So while they're still learning to stay competitive exactly. they're still competing exactly and you know they should not focus in one sport and you see that all the time even at the sixth grade level junior high level where kids are starting just to focus in on one sport which i don't think is right and i think kids should play all the sports which sports and I, okay granted a, a sport like football or baseball is going to get more kids to play just because it takes more kids to play but can you sit there and point out that this particular activity or this particular sport is is just gone off the charts like you you know like are there any particular sports that you go kids are just fighting to get a spot in these these leagues or these these activities that we offer yeah i mean like i said earlier soccer i mean it just is that that's the one that's huh? the big one i would say i mean we had almost 700 kids in our spring program uh for h3 through 6th grade and i mean most of the kids are in the you know, age three to probably second, third grade mm-hmm. is the big numbers, and then the, they get smaller after that. But but soccer's just huge. I mean, they just keep signing up and signing up. Baseball this year, for all our programs, T-ball, baseball, softball, we won over a 1,000, I think, for the first time, and I can't remember uh, participants there. So that seems to be growing good, our competitive leagues and all our leagues, and, and especially the younger leagues. And I like to have big leagues when they're young because then they get introduced and they're probably going to keep playing with you through all the other age groups as they grow up, which I think is huge. That's there. And one thing I do see that's interesting is uh, even though a lot of people think pickleball is an older type person, there's lots of youth that wants to play. We have pickleball lessons. and There's youth and families taking those. And college age, you see that. High school, young adults. That's a game that's an all-age sport. You know, when it first came and started growing in Quincy, I can remember meeting with Dr. DeGrief, and he would talk about, you know, we need to get some pickleball courts in Quincy because he'd go to Florida during the winter, play, and then when he'd come back, he'd have nowhere to play. So that's where it started. You know, I don't know, it might have been 10 years ago <laughs> as time flies by. But that's a sport that I thought maybe only seniors might play, but it's an all-age thing from youth all the way up, and it continues to grow. How has the youth sports scene changed, both good and bad, since you first walked in the door at the YMCA in 1981? Uh, you know, uh, parents have always been a problem, I think. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But, I mean, I think maybe it's more of a problem now just because they – really Maybe a little bit because a lot of parents think, you know, Johnny's – going to be a star you know and this is not going to happen people i'm sorry but they may be a good athlete and stuff but their chances of playing college sports aren't high and professional is basically non-existent i mean and some people and even high school a lot of kids that play sports when they're young might get burnt out and not even play in high school i've seen it happen and those type things so i mean Sports does so much for a kid. I, you know, it helps with character. It helps with fitness. I mean, mental, everything. And I just think that 
just getting a kid involved and, you know, teamwork, being around other people. It's so many other values that sports has that, you know, it's, you, parents just need to realize it's not whether they're successful and how many games they win and how many games they lose. It's that they're involved in something with other kids and being physical active and those type things are more important than, than other things. And, you know, and still some parents don't realize that, you know. And, and the other thing I wish people would do, kids, parents, everybody, is learn the rules. I mean, because a lot of times when they're out there yelling and screaming, it's because they don't know the rule. Just the basic, I mean, they don't educate and learn. I can remember with my son, you know, mental intelligence is a big part of the game. And if you know what the rules are and how to play and different things, then that's one, that's a big step forward with the physical stuff. And there's just so many times you hear parents yelling and screaming and they're wrong. I mean, they're just the, the two things that I was talking, Lori Vogel was just in here uh-huh. the other day to talk about softball. And she, and, and, and she made the comment. She says, I have girls in high school who have played softball their whole life and they don't know the infield fly rule. I mean, I think the infield fly rule, I probably knew that when I was like four, mm-hmm. you know, and the other sure. thing that I still remember and my dad, when my dad and I go watch, Anybody go play ball. Mm-hmm. The number one thing that, and, and I, I hope I remember to tell him to listen to this because he'll laugh. He'll probably be driving a car down the road. He won't listen to a podcast, but nonetheless, <laughs> he, he'll be driving. He'll, he'll be listening to this, and and he already knows what I'm going to say. You'll be some kid at a ballpark, and he's got his bat on his shoulder, and some dad's going to say, "Hey, get your back elbow up," and we're both like. You got to put it back down to start the swing. Why would you put your back elbow up? But it's people who just don't know and they yeah. don't trust the other people who who do know. Not Mike and I have known each other literally for about forty years, Probably. and uh, we first crossed paths at the at the at the YMCA where we both learned. Mike was employed by I was. I guess I was actually employed. I was there sure. as a kid, yeah. setting up the chairs and keeping score at the games, and uh, but we learned from. The great Dick Chapin. Uh, what do you remember? Are there things that he taught you that you still use day to day that you learned from the oh, king? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mr. Diamond. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I think back to all them days on Saturday mornings when I used to meet him there at 536 in the morning. You know, and then you're there all freaking day with kids and parents yelling in the gym and you can't hear <laughs> and those type things. But what he always, and he's right, is you always put the kid first. You know, put the kid first. So whatever decision you make, it needs to be in the best interest of the kids and not anybody else. So it's it's the best thing for them and to do those things. And uh, that's probably the biggest thing, you know, and there and just listen to people. You know, You know, a lot of times – when people call and vent and are upset about things is I just on the phone and I just listen. And by the time they're done talking, they're fine. They just have to get through that. And you just need to sit there and listen, no matter what they say or how much you might disagree, let them talk. And then when they're done, you can answer back with some things and talk, but just people sometimes just want a place to vent and do that and just listen and be fair with those type things. Uh, you know, there and just, you know, his easygoing, 
with, you know, things. He never seemed to get upset about anything and those type things, which sometimes I have a hard time doing because, <laughs> you know, sometimes I get so frustrated that somebody's going to feel my wrath uh, there, and I don't always have that patience. But, uh, no, well, I just learned so much working with him and there and those type things, and I just have so many fond memories of, you know, the, the Saturdays and, you know, and people and sitting in his office hearing stories, you know, all the stories of his hunting trips and all that stuff. His racquetball conquests. Exactly. And then Larry Kabrick would stop by a lot of times after work in his office, and uh, he'd sit down and talk and other people. And it's just those times when you sit there and talk that, you know, those and all his little old-time songs that he'd have to play for you on his little cassette recorder. Those were the fun times. I so. remember my the one – Dickism that I always remember that I, he it was he knew that the that the season had been successful if the best team in the league lost a game mm-hmm. and if the worst team in the league won a game yep. he always wanted the kids to always experience both ends. both both ends of that um, my last thing my favorite Dick Chapin story I was coaching basketball at the YMCA it was my first year of coaching I was fourteen years old and there was a player on the team who wasn't very good. His, his father is still living in town, and he knows who this is, and I tell the story to him all the time. But we scored – his son scored a basket, and he was, it was one of the few baskets he scored. He may have scored three the whole season. And his mother was in the gymnasium. Well, you remember this. Between, during games, almost every hour on the hour, Dick would walk around with an upside-down football helmet. He'd grab it by the face mask, and he'd walk around the gymnasium, and people would stick a buck in there, you know, kind of like a donate. It was my admission to the games. He walks around. He gets done with all of the collections. He comes up to me in the middle of a game, and Dick was never a, against talking to a coach. I mean, it'd be 26-22 in the third quarter, and Dick would have a comment for you during the middle of a game. And he walks up to me and he says, get that kid some more baskets. His mom just dropped 25 bucks in the football helmet. <laughs> that was Dick. It was get that, get that kid. And, and, and it was, he wasn't the best player in the league. He was one of sure. the worst players in the league. But he also knew he wanted that kid to enjoy his time there. Exactly. Do, you have a, do you have a good Dick Chapin story? I don't know. I mean, there's so, there's many. so many. There's so many times and things like that. Uh I mean, the times I probably enjoy the most is this when him and I sat in his office and just talked, you know, whether it was about the Cubs, you know, us oh, both being. Oh, heavens, you both, guys and your Cubs. Uh, both of us being Cub fans and talking about them. And, you know, and back then, them times, it was lean. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't Didn't much he of always a have the Shawano meter in his office? Yeah. How many home runs did Sean Dunstan exactly, hit? Exactly, those type things. But it was just talking sports with him and, and getting everything, you know, from youth to professional and and all those type things and he was a Chicago Chicago boy Chicago sports fan but he loved his Cubs and and so did I and I still do uh to this day but uh yeah those were probably some of the best times and and then Saturday mornings you know when we get everything set up in basketball and we just sit down and talk before the chaos was gonna hit or whatever so thank you this was a, a lot of fun to talk about the park district, but also get a chance to kind of go down memory lane a little bit. Sure, exactly, yeah. There's been a lot of years that both of us have been in this community and around sports and youth sports, and uh, I got a few more years left before it's over, (laughs) and, and then we'll move on. 
And thank you to listening to today's podcast. You can catch other podcasts about youth sports by clicking on the podcast link on our website at muddyrivernews.com.